exactly. So what I realized in that moment was I had to change the environment if I wanted to change the person that I was. Right. So I had to quit hanging around guys who were going to the bar and stuff like that. And, and I'm still friends with those guys. I just had to say, Hey man, I'm taking a break. And, and for me mentally, I got to take a break. And what I did was I replaced that environment with guys I found in the church that had great businesses. Mm-hmm. They had great marriages. They had great walks with Christ. They were great entrepreneurs. And this is like pre podcast day. And I take them out to Starbucks, say, tell me about your story. What are you, what are you doing yeah. to do what you're doing today? Yeah. And it was you in those conversations already. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it was during those conversations that I realized that my past and other people's opinions of me didn't define my future. Every successful entrepreneur started with one goal in mind, freedom, financial freedom, and time freedom. You read books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and dreamed of one day building a successful business that you paid others to manage while you sat back and watched the money pile up. But in the real world, most entrepreneurs fail at adequately preparing their business for their exit. The exit is the essential step of creating distance between your business and your active involvement in it. The exit is the power play that gives you the freedom you desire in life. It's your business and only you can define what a successful exit is for you, so you have to own it. We're here to help you do just that. You're listening to Own The Exit. All right, all right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Own The Exit. Uh, I'm here in the studio with our co-host, Aaron. Aaron, what's up, man? How's it going, Caleb? Just excited to be here for another episode of Own The Exit. Yeah, so we're really excited about the guests that we have today. Got uh, to connect with this guy on Instagram, and we've chatted a little bit. And, you know, uh, this is a guy who was raised in a broken home, battled addictions early on in life, was put in jail at age 18, ended up being bankrupt at age 21. And, you know, but what would have been the end for a lot of people was not the end for him. This guy's a testimony of resilience and grit and determination and the power of those things. He's been sober for over 16 years, has a beautiful wife, two kids, is a successful entrepreneur, podcaster. He's a John Maxwell certified coach, uh, speaker, and now he helps entrepreneurs get known and noticed online through the vehicle of podcasting. He's interviewed entrepreneurial titans, guys like Ed Milet and Brad Lee and Heather Monahan and Ryan Pineda and a lot of other people. And so I'm really excited personally Absolutely, to talk to yeah. you and welcome to our Own the Exit community, uh, Mr. Eric Allen. What's up, Eric? Come on, man. I'm so excited. So honored to be here, guys. I love this, man. So, so honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a pleasure yeah. to have you here, man. So would love to just start by hearing a little bit of your background. I know I I hit some of the highlights, but want to hear a little bit of your story and then kind of dive into some, yeah. you know, some things that you've learned specifically in the area of discipline, right? I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs uh, focus on and are always trying to improve. So would love to kind of hear how, you know, a little bit of your story and how discipline and routine, those kind of things have played a role in that. Yeah, I think, you know, where I grew up in in eastern Washington state, I thought it was a typical household. We went to Sunday school, played little league, right? And my dad would take my best friend Dave and I and literally throw us in dumpsters on Saturday morning and say, hey, it's go dumpster dive and go find gold, right? Like that was just typical, normal for me. I didn't think anything different out about it, you know? And then my parents got divorced when I was 11. My mom gets together with a guy who's very physically abusive. So I had to Mm -hmm. call the police quite often to to come to the house to stop the fight. And the interesting thing, my mom never pressed charges. So it's like rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat all the time. And they ended up moving myself, my sister, who's four years younger than me. And then they got pregnant. Uh, So they moved us to Stevensville, Montana, population 1,200 people up there. Mm -hmm. And it was beautiful property, man. It was uh, right by the Bitterroot River, had two ponds, it was five acres, and they rented this house. 
Uh, but the problem had the, was the house had three bedrooms. So it was one for them, one for my little sister, and one for my little brother. And uh, they said, Eric, you can live in the garage. So I literally had this plastic tarp down the middle of the garage that separated my bed from the truck that would pull in. Uh, luckily, wow. my half of the garage had the fireplace that would keep me semi-warmed in the negative degree winter nights. But, you know, that's where I remember waking up, you know, seeing my breath in the mornings, right? Just crazy cold out there at times. And there's a moment when I was about 13 years old that really changed the trajectory of my life forever. Uh, you know, I brushed my teeth one night, came home arguing, wasn't anything different than the other night. But I remember this moment as I was brushing my teeth, I felt God going, dude, you got to turn around and see what's going on. And so the way the house was set up was behind me was the kitchen to the pantry to the garage door where my bedroom was at. And so as I peek around the corner, I see this man on top of my mom just boom, 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 punch her in the face. And I walked up and I grabbed a cast iron pan out of the cupboard and I swung as hard as I could and I split the back of his head open. And he turned around and he was like, what the? And as he did that, I took another swing and split his forehead open. And it still didn't knock him out. Lots of blood. I remember like on that second swing, I'd fallen over and he stood up and over and he was yelling. And my mom jumps up like mama bear and hits him like five times in a row. And there's blood on the wall. I mean, it's a crazy movie scene. Wow. Cops show up, take him to jail. My mom doesn't press charges. I thought I was a hero in that moment. And, and it actually was the opposite. I got kicked out of that house. Uh, later on, I had three months left in my freshman year of high school. And I had finished up that part of my high school career at a buddy's house. And then moved back to live, live with my dad for my sophomore through senior year. The problem was my dad rented this house for him and I, and he'd put 20 bucks in a cup for lunch money. And that mostly went to weed and alcohol and, and things like that. And he got my bus pass to get to school, but then he'd go stay with his girlfriend. So I had freedom to do whatever the heck I wanted. So I was getting still before school, at lunch, after school. And then when I was 18 years old, I got arrested for having a bong, uh, which is really funny because it's legal in the state of Washington now. But at the time in 1998, it was not. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I had to go to jail, man. Black and white chain gang outfit on, bright orange slippers. And... Mm -hmm. uh, spent one night in jail and it wasn't enough to teach me my lesson that's for sure uh, but i got out and was on probation and started drinking heavily and then two weeks after graduated high school woke up to a post note from my dad that said you can't comply with house rules you have 48 hours to get out and so between the age of 18 and 21 i'd moved 21 times i was living off of couches here couches there and one of those moves was to seattle and I, like you said i was 21 years old i filed bankruptcy i was twenty eight thousand dollars in debt at, at 21 and I paid three hundred dollars to a lawyer at the time, and they cleared all that out. It was an interesting <laughs> transaction there, but uh, it killed my credit for a while, and uh, ended up landing a job with Universal Records, which I had to lie to get. That's a whole other story. But uh, got into Universal <laughs> Records and was working with them and, and going to two to three concerts a week, man, and and backstage with rock stars and open tabs, which is not good if you're addicted to drugs and alcohol. Um, but yeah. uh, one year anniversary got laid off from the days of Napster. And uh, that totally killed the music industry. And, and thank you to anyone out there who downloaded music on Napster. But uh, yeah, so I lost my job at that point, man. And it wasn't much longer after that. You know, I was working at Starbucks and a girl had walked in and, and said, hey, we've got a college aid event down our church. Would you want to go? And I was depressed and had no friends and she was good looking. I said, what time do I need to be there? And uh, about a month later, I remember waking up after a night of partying and my, I was Easter 2004. And, and I just felt God say, dude, you're, you're going down a path that's going to end your life real quick. And so in that moment, I gave my life to Christ and I quit cold turkey, drugs, drinking cigarettes, everything that moment and wow. called that girl up. And I said, hey, thanks for inviting me to the store. Maybe I'll see at the store sometime. I got her voicemail and a month later we're dating and now we've been married for 19 years this year. Wow. Wow. So that's kind of got what's got me on the path now. Come on, man. <laughs> Powerful story. Powerful yeah. story. Man, that's incredible. So 
you know, it sounded like there was a few pivotal moments there, you know, of, of, you yeah. know, in, in your, your experience of, you know, turning your life to God, was that kind of that same moment where, you know, you, you kind of, then that set you on a path now too, for like personal development, you know, uh, discipline, yeah. the, the growth, the, the leadership, the things that you've been doing now. Um, it, it sounds like that kind of changed your whole course at that point. Yeah, most definitely. So what I realized in that moment was I had to change the environment if I wanted to change the person that I was, right? So I had to quit hanging around guys who were going to the bar and stuff like that. And and I'm still friends with those guys. I just had to say, hey, man, I'm taking a break. And and for me, mentally, I got to take a break. And what I did was I replaced that environment with guys I found in the church that had great businesses. They had great marriages. They had great walks with Christ. They were great entrepreneurs. And this is like pre-podcast day. I, I take them out to Starbucks say, Tell me about your story. What are you, what are you doing yeah. to do what you're doing today? Yeah. And it was in those conversations already. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it was during those conversations that I realized that my past and other people's opinions of me didn't define my future. Mm -hmm. And I could make that change at any point. And so I started reading books like crazy. I mean, I was reading like a book a week at the time and I'd never read books prior to that. I was just trying to get as much information and sponge up as much as I could about growing in my faith, about growing a business and personal development. And you know, I was just getting, dating my now wife at that time. And so it was like getting into dating books and stuff like that. And, um, is really being disciplined about who I spoke with, who I changed, you know, hung around with and things like that and really changing that environment. And, and flash forward now, like I'm very disciplined on the morning routines. I'm very disciplined on reading books every day and, and, and sticking with that. Yeah. And if you get off track, there's going to be days where you don't feel like doing certain things, but it's that, uh, you have to push through that that feeling, right? So you can't just be motivated every day. You just have to keep pushing. It's that high standards and high habits or good habits that you have that keep you disciplined there. Yeah. No, it's so true, man. And, and, uh, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they, they understand the value of discipline and routine, uh, but understanding yeah. the value of something and then practically executing on it consistently are two totally different things, totally. right? And so I think yeah, for sure. I'd love to hear uh, <laughs> first. I mean, I just just out of my own curiosity because I I personally love morning routines. I kind of have my own, yeah. Uh, you know, but I love to hear uh, you know, other guys and kind of what they're doing and kind of glean from them. So at first, I'd love to hear a little bit about your morning routine. What does a typical Eric Allen morning look like? Uh, and and, yeah. and then the why behind the what I. I guess you know why do you why do you set you know why is a morning routine valuable for you uh that kind of stuff yeah yeah come on man I, I i love this stuff dude so i my morning routine actually starts the night before i go to bed so before i go yeah. to bed before i leave this office i write a to-do list of what i'm going to do first thing in the morning so I, I know exactly what i'm going to do so i'm not getting stuck on instagram and facebook and all that stuff i have an exact to-do list before i go to bed it's already there and for me i'm 44 so if i open my eyes i immediately go man thank you jesus for another day to see and hug and hold my family right that's mm. in my head i'm stacking wins so i've got a win number one right there then i jump out of bed and i make my bed there's two wins right so my brain is already going yep we're already stacking wins here we go here we go and then for me I'm big in the last year and a half. I really got more into fitness and getting rid of the dad bod and, and I'm doing a hundred pushups a day in 2024. And so I've been doing that really excited yeah. to get up and do that. So really disciplined about doing that and then come up stairs immediately after working out. And that's where it just comes together for me. I turn on worship music. I spend time in prayer. And for me, prayer is very gratitude driven just being thankful that I'm alive, thankful that I have the wife and the kids and we're healthy and we're debt-free and and spend that time of prayer going to read my Bible. That's, those are non-negotiables. That happens seven days a week. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen whatever time. 
The other key thing for me, though, is I get up at 4 a.m. six days a week. And I don't do it because I have to get up and go to work. I get up because that morning time is so important for me to have that focus on me personally, to grow in my faith, to grow my personal development, to respond to clients. And people are like, well, why did you get up so early? And, and for me, my desire to be successful is bigger than my desire to sleep. And I know that if I'm getting up that early, I'm not getting interrupted or distracted. You know, I, I love my kids and I'm going to go down there at 630 in the morning and I make them breakfast and while my wife's getting ready and my wife homeschools. So we're all in the house all at the same time. So the, yeah. the why for me is I get up early because it allows me to grow personally without having those distractions and not eating in a family time. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, so that, I mean, I know with morning routines, that kind of sets the course for the rest of the day, right? Like what is, yeah. what is your, what is, what other disciplines, I guess, do you do throughout the day? I'm just, cause now that we're on this topic, would love to hear some of the other yeah. things you do, whether it's mental disciplines, you know, with thinking or, you know, physical mm -hmm. or just other lifestyle habits, you know, in business and, and different things throughout the day, uh, would love to hear that. Yeah, part of my morning routine is is one reviewing and writing my goals. I have some affirmations that I that I read through, and it's kind of like reviewing those throughout the day, right? If I have a lunch break or I'm stepping away from a client call or something like that, and maybe it didn't go as well as I thought, right? If I go back to my goals and I review those and I review those affirmations, it's restructuring or it's it's, it's building that foundation of that why. It's remembering. It's reminding me of the why. Why am I doing this stuff, right? And so. Uh, if we can constantly have goals in front of us and review those, writing them down every day. Yeah, we can say what our goals are, but if if we're not writing them down and have them accessible in front of us, yeah. like that's we're going to forget about mm -hmm. them. Yeah. And one of the books that we'll talk about it later is like one of my favorite books is a book called Chase the Lion. And it's really about chasing your dream, your purpose, your goals, right? And so I have the whiteboard behind me over here that I just wrote in huge letters. So as soon as I walk in the office, it says chase the lion, right? So I'm reminded every time that I walk up to my computer, chase the lion today. And so that's what helps me kind of stay on that path. No, that's really great, man. And I know, you know, thinking about your story and how you, you kind of shared uh, just just broken situation after broken situation. And some sometimes that, you know, uh, we, we can look at folks and, you know, who, who have been through situations like that. I have some of those kind of stories in my in, in my life as well. That's another uh, yeah. conversation for another time. But um, <laughs> but man, like there's there there there's sometimes some of the most powerfully effective and successful people come out of those types of situations. Right. And there's something about those yeah. kind of situations that forces you to have a certain level of grit and determination. Um, but then you go in to start building, you know, this entrepreneurial business, you know, Eric Allen media and all of that, where you're helping, you know, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, become more and more influential through the vehicle of podcasting and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, what are you doing, I guess, to continually cultivate the ever increasing amount of grit, determination and discipline that's needed to to excel, uh, you know, and to continue to have like that strong, sharp upward trajectory in business and in life? Uh, I have a good wife that's encouraging <laughs> that that, yeah. that supports me in it. Like she knows that I'm a little bit on the crazy side when it comes to business. And, and uh, so she supports me and has a lot of grace and mercy on, on that. But um, I think for me, it's remembering the why it's remembering, yeah. you know, why, why am I doing what I'm doing? And I know that from my past experiences, I know exactly what type of marriage I don't want, right? Like I know exactly yeah. the marriage that I want 
now being made for 19 years and not every year is rainbows and sunshine, but knowing that my wife is there to support me, my kids are there to support me. That's what keeps me going. But throughout the day, you know, it's listening to positive pod, uh, podcasts, right? It's reading good books and things like that that keeps my mind going. When mm-hmm. I interviewed Ed Milet, he told me about an acronym, which I actually just recently found out is in Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant book. So yeah. <laughs> Ed, you know, I'm sure all the all the gurus say the same stuff, but, you know, they, they, he does this acronym, CANI, C-A-N-I, and it's constant and never-ending improvement. And when yeah. Ed told me that in my conversation, I was like, dang. I want to always be improving. I want to improve as a father, as a husband, as a podcaster, as a friend, right? And so that's what really drives me is that that acronym right there, man. I have it on the wall over here along with my goals, purpose, or goals, dreams, and purpose wall because I I walk into my office. I've seen the Chase Alliance, canny, goals, dreams, and purpose, like that stuff. Having that visually in front of me, that's what keeps me going. Uh, And and you have to surround yourself with people that are living the life that you want to live. So I connect with people that have been on my podcast, right? But it's not only connecting with people that are living the life that you want to live, but it's the people that are living that life that you want to live in the same way that you want to live. So if they're yeah. not aligning morally with you or with your values, they might've jumped a bunch of stuff or they might be doing something immorally to get to where you're at. Like find the people that are your tribe, right. That align with your values and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And that's what keeps me going every day. Come on. That's awesome. Yeah. You, you, you spoke about just, you know, um, kind of separating yourself from those relationships earlier in life that, that weren't, helpful or that that environment you spoke of changing the environment and then replacing those relationships with people that had good families and businesses and entrepreneur uh, you know minded folks what uh i guess i'm curious at what point did you realize you know hey i'm an entrepreneur like was that something that you always kind of had or coming out of your past were you like hey i i actually want to because there's all the risks and all the you know not everyone's wired that way you know and so I'm curious if you discovered that at that time or or if that just kind of developed you know for you Yeah I think I mean I've always been someone who's been in into entrepreneurial stuff. I mean, I started mowing lawns at 10 years old and you know, my kids laugh, but I literally had to mo- push a hand mower a half mile away uphill to get to my furthest client, right? Like that was that was where it started at. And, and then, you know, I've always interested in side hustles and I've been a W2 employee for most of my life. I, you know, it wasn't until recently where I, I was laid off that I said, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this thing and we're going to jump into this full time okay. as yeah, an entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, and there's struggles with that. There's imposter syndrome, as, as, you know, working as a W2 employee for a really long time and jumping into entrepreneurship. It's scary. I've got a bills to pay and my wife, she stays at home and she's the hardest worker ever, like doing the homeschool thing and all that stuff. But I've been the yeah. sole provider financially. Mm-hmm. And so it's scary on that. But uh, I, I think I've always had it in me to do things. I, I, you know, in my early, like 19, 20, 21 years old, I was the the guy who was all over for the um, shiny object syndrome, right? Like, oh, this mm-hmm. network marketing company is going to, oh, I could retire by the time of 28 with these guys. Oh, I'll go there, right? Like, that's like, that was, yeah. I just got sucked into that stuff at a really early age. And it wasn't until later, probably in my later 30s, that I was like, okay, I can do this. I can be a full time successful entrepreneur, but I got to get laser focused. I can't have this mm-hmm. shiny object syndrome and go wherever I think something's going to happen, right? And so it was really dialing in to what am I passionate about? What am I, what is my purpose? Right. And for me, I feel like podcasting and connecting and relationship wise, that's what I, I thrive on is when I'm having great conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's cool. Yeah, I love that 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 uh kind of that growth curve and trajectory that creates mm-hmm. a cycle, right? For for a lot of yeah. folks, right? You start with this, you know, informed optimism, you got the shiny new idea, the new opportunity, all that kind of stuff and then, you know, yeah. you start to realize how hard it's going to be and then you kind of have the wake up and that's where most people quit, right? Is is at the yeah. moment where they realize, "Oh, I thought this was going to be easy and now it's actually a lot harder than I thought." But the people who can get kind of past that, that's where the real growth and success happens. So, you know, I kind of yeah. love to hear, you know, what made you choose because your, your your primary focus of your business is podcasting and helping other entrepreneurs be massively successful yeah. through the vehicle of podcasting. What got you started in the podcasting space? Why do you like podcasting? When did you start? Why, you know, why is this the entrepreneurial venture? Man, I love this part of it because I started a company in 2012 called Top Rated MMA. And my wife and I was an MMA apparel company. It was when the height of tap out was around. And we're like, dude, we're going <laughs> to yeah. make millions selling shirts on MMA, right? Like, so we launched yeah. this company and I did apparel for a while. It actually took off faster than we expected, not financially, but like growth wise on social media and things like that. We launched at a, an event out in Washington. Our very first event that we did, we had a table at, we hired John Prince Albert, who was on the ultimate fighter. He came and sit at our booth and like, you know, did photos. And so everyone's like, who's this guy? Like top rate of May, these guys are awesome. I did that for a few years and then I got bored of the apparel side of it, but I still wanted to be involved in MMA. So I, I said, I'm going to start interviewing MMA fighters and just ask them like, why the heck do you want to get in a cage, and get punched in the face? Like that was my <laughs> whole idea around podcasting. Yeah. And so I had no idea what I was doing. I was in a walk-in closet. I had a hundred foot extension cord that ran around the bed in our bedroom into the walk-in closet because there's no outlets in there. Bad lighting, bad microphone. And that was really my whole concept around the podcast was like, let me just ask you, why do you want to get in cage, you know, and punch people? And like, how does that make you feel? And like, I was really bad at it, right? Like, if I look back at the early days, I'm like, oh, gosh, I should have asked that, right? Like, But you grow through that. But the thing was, I had no idea, like I said, what I was doing. I did almost 100 episodes in that walk-in closet. And what I was doing was uploading the video to YouTube and then sharing it out to Facebook and calling them a podcast. And then mm-hmm. so, someone said, well, how do I listen on Apple? And I was like, the hell's that i didn't even know what apple podcast was yeah. and so i started just doing research like crazy and got into it that way but so i ran the top rated may show from 2017 to 2021 but in 2018 i came across a guy named ed Milet online and i was like oh i like this guy i like what he's doing and so i launched the eric allen show it used to be called the bearded biz show i had a really long beard at the time uh and my wife being the smart one said you should probably change that name uh, but uh, so I, I started just talking to entrepreneurs and i almost wanted to ask them the same question because as entrepreneurs we get punched in the face all the time but why do we keep going right and so that was how i started it and i've been blessed to speak with guys pretty early on sean whalen was like episode eight Ed wow. Milet was episode 12, you know, Tim Story, Brad Lee came on, like Bedros Coin, and it kind of took off from there. Yeah. And I think what I had to do was in the MMA world, I was just basically sending the same template to every fighter and changing the name at the top, like, hey, come on my podcast. I realized that doesn't work for entrepreneurs. Like, you got to be personalized with them. And so I did that for the first couple things. And then what I realized was if I could just pull out this phone, right, and I would go, I'm going to send Ed a video. And maybe he'll get it, maybe he won't. But I would literally pull out my phone and go, hey, Ed, what's going on? It's Eric Allen out here in Coeur d'Alene. Your book, Power of One More. It's an amazing book. I'd love to help you promote that. Let's get you on the podcast and let's talk about it. And I'd send that video, no longer than 30 seconds, to Instagram DM. And that's how I book 99% of my guests is I just wow. do a personalized video. Wow. 
And that has helped me to kind of, to go that, but I look at podcasting, like it's great for collaborations. It's great for relationships and partners and stuff, partnerships. Uh, but for me, it's legacy. Like I wish that I could go back three, four generations deep and hear my great grandfather's voice and hear his story from him, but I, I don't get to, but yeah. I can do that for future generations on my tribe. Like great, 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 great grandkids can look back and go, man, great, great grandpa Eric was a badass. Like he went through some stuff, man. <laughs> right. Like, like that's what I wanted to be like, you know, like yeah. I want to be able to share my story. They get hit from me directly. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool, man. So, so you've, uh, um, so basically how you've had your podcast and then, uh, basically it sounds like you always had that entrepreneurial, that chip. And it sounds like you began, yeah. you began to build on that and develop that and then refine it. And I think as you were mentioning the shiny object syndrome, I was just thinking about for so many entrepreneurs, like myself included, that's kind of how we start. You know, we, um, yeah. we, we don't know where to land or, or it's even that idea of like, well, I don't know if it's going to work out. So I've got to try five or 10 things and kind of got sure. scattered everywhere and, and never really like investing into that one thing. But that's, that's awesome how your journey has like, you, you kind of did that. And then you had that, the W2 job kind of providing that like security and stability, but then you were able to build that on the side and then really just dive right into that. So yeah. I think that's like, yeah. that's kind of like what, what we want as entrepreneurs and like how, where we want to land, you know, is to, to do that. So I thought that was cool just hearing your journey of how you got to that place. And it wasn't like you didn't wake up and be like, Hey, I'm going to just drop everything and go all in on a podcast. It was, right. it was a, it was <laughs> a years of kind of discovery and getting to that point. So yeah. it's really cool. So Thank with you. The, yeah, it's been you know, fun, man. With, uh, with podcasting, cause you know, we're talking to entrepreneurs all the time, they're building businesses and it's, it's, really with the end in mind. It's like, I want to build a business that allows me to live a lifestyle by design, right? That's the name of the show is Own the Exit. And it's not so much about getting to the point where you can just sell your business and be done with it. A lot of entrepreneurs, they don't like the idea of selling their baby, the thing that they poured their heart and soul into yeah. building, but being able to build it in such a way we, we do, you know, I think of entrepreneur and a father, you know, being very similar in their desires. It's like, I don't ever, I'm not ever going to sell my baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But I totally. want to see it be able to take off and thrive. You know, I want to see my children, my, my Isla, my Ivy, my Zion. I want to see them one day be able to take off and thrive on their own without dad's constant active involvement. Uh, and I want yeah. to build my businesses in the same way where they can thrive and grow with or without my active involvement. And so I guess I'm going to ask a really nuanced question because I want, I want to hear the answer and maybe a few of our listeners will. How do you feel like podcasting can serve entrepreneurs who have that desired end game? Man, I, there's so much to learn in podcasting. If yeah. you want to learn how to build your business and, and get it to a point where you can exit out, right? Or, or you can like sell your baby, right? Like if you yeah. to feel comfortable about that, there's so many podcasts out there. And I think as we're having this conversation, the listeners are like almost like creepily listening into this intimate conversation that, that we're having, right? Yeah. Like that's what podcasting is about. Like you get to get these inside notes from people that are sharing their story. They're giving you practical tips on how to improve your life, how to get better at business. And I think as entrepreneurs, that's how you get comfortable, right? You start listening to podcasts, you start being involved. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think the podcast side of it is I want to be able to help people hear from my guests 
what things they did to get to where they're at, but also to be able to overcome them. Like one of the questions that I ask every single guest when they come on is tell me about where you grew up and what was childhood like. And I want the listeners to understand, like, it doesn't matter if you're Ed Milet or David Meltzer who lost $100 million, or if you're some guy who lives here in Coeur d'Alene, we were all kids once. We all made choices to go get to where we're at. We all get to choose the life that we want. And I yeah. think as entrepreneurs, we want that freedom, right? I know that I did. I certainly didn't like being at a W2 where I had to ask for permission to go to my kid's baseball game. I didn't mm. like to have, ask permission to go have lunch with my kid on a, on a, a day during the school day, right? And so I think that's what entrepreneurs are thriving for is that, that freedom. Though as entrepreneurs, what I'm finding out too is it's, I'm way busier now than I was before, right? So you've got sure. to do the time block and be more disciplined about it. But um, I think that's what entrepreneurs are really striving for is you know, being able to grow your brand. Podcasting is the way to go. It's the cheapest way to market your brand. It's the cheapest way to connect with a million people. And you know, if I was to walk up to Ed Milet and say, hey, can I... Um, pick your brain, like that's the stupidest thing you could say. They're going to say, hell no. But if you're like, Hey, can I talk to you about your new item or your new coaching service or your new book? Right. Oh, absolutely. Let me join you. That's how you get them on the show. And so I think that's entrepreneurs, man. If you could just listen to podcasts, that's, that's what will help you grow in my opinion. Come on. That's really cool. Well, awesome. I think we're coming close to the end of the show. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And it's been great to have you here. Yeah. yeah it's been really good. Oh, dude, it was so much fun. <laughs> Um, we have five, uh, questions that we ask every guest. We call it the exit round. And so these are questions that we, we ask and, uh, would just love to hear your answers on this. There's really no right or wrong answer. So, um, we just kind of throw them out there and for listeners to see, um, to kind of learn more about you. So first question, what is your, uh, all time favorite business book? Man, it's funny. It's actually this book right here. I don't know if you can see it there. It's called In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. It's by Mark Batterson. And okay. the follow-up to that book is Chase the Lion, which is really my theme. But mm-hmm. uh, it, that it's, it's how to survive and thrive when opportunity roars. And it's not necessarily wow. like going to give you practical business tips, but it's a mindset thing of like, man, you got to be chasing the lion. Take the opportunities mm-hmm. when they come. And mm-hmm. so that book is, I've read it several times. Uh, Mark Batterson, he's actually a pastor at National Community Church out there in DC. Amazing guy. Um, but uh, yeah, that book right there has made the biggest impact on me, I think. Yeah. And that's about, that. that's just, that's about mindset. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of yeah. it. Yeah. No, yeah. that's, that's yeah. great. I've actually read that book. It is, it is a very powerful book. So I, I also recommend it to our listeners for sure. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, a lot of what we talk about here is how entrepreneurs can grow a residual or passive income. Uh, and so Mm -hmm. would love to just know as an entrepreneur who's experienced, you know, some success, what, what percentage of your income would you say is either like residual or passive income? For me, it's pretty new. It's a new area for me to have the residual and passive income. I created a course uh, that I launched about a year ago on my website that walks through people how to start, launch, and run a podcast. It's a self-paced video. Uh, They can go in and I give them all the tips and tricks and exactly where to host and things like that. Percentage-wise, it's probably like less than 5%, between 3 and 5%, right, of the passive stuff. Um, I love working with clients on user-generated content videos, whether some of their product, I'll do commercials, stuff like that. Uh, and so I have repeat customers on that. I would say residual passive, though, for me, is, is really a pretty small percentage, at least right now in my entrepreneurial yeah. journey. Yeah. 
No, that's great. That's great. Um, what's one thing that, um, that you would like to do more of, but your current business, uh, commitments holds you back from doing. Hmm. I'd love to do more speaking, public speaking. It's something that I, I want to get better at. I'm very comfortable behind the microphone, but I haven't done a lot of public speaking. And mm-hmm. so about six months ago, I got into Toastmasters and it's been really cool, man. And it just being able to hear different people talk and get tips and feedback immediately on how to do that. And I've given some five to seven minute speeches there, but it was through that journey and through podcasting that I actually just got booked for my first real big speech. I would say is out here in Coeur d'Alene, March uh-huh. 8th through the 10th. I'm going to be speaking at an event uh, called the conscious investors grow summit. And I'm going to be talking 25 minutes on mindset. And so I would oh, love to be able to do so more cool. public speaking. Yeah. I'm excited about it, man. There's, I yeah. think they said about, they're expecting about 150 people there. So it'll, it'll be a good sized crowd, man. And yeah. um, I don't have to travel for it. I get to sleep my own bed and just go to the resort every <laughs> yeah. day. So yeah, I'm excited, yeah. man. <laughs> and a lot of that, I mean, it's, it's that, that can kind of feed into your brand and your, uh, your business as well. Right. With mm-hmm. the public speaking kind yeah. of like the podcast does. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Super excited for it. It's going to be fun, man. Great. Awesome, man. So question number four, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self about how to build a successful business? I think it goes back to don't quit. Uh, You know, I I use this funny sort of tale to tell myself this, right? I had to become a quitter. And I say that because I had to quit thinking that I didn't deserve money. I had to quit thinking that I didn't deserve a successful family. I had to quit thinking that I didn't deserve success in business and I had to quit quitting. And once I like had that mentality, whew, man, things changed. But if I could go back and say, man, stick with it, get through the rough times, because there was too many times where I started a business that probably would have been awesome. And then I quit because it got tough. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people in podcasting, they want to start these podcasts and they think they're getting into, you know, they're going to be the next Joe Rogan and makes a hundred million dollars and get a hundred thousand downloads, right? Like, it's tougher than just starting it. Right. And so I would say like, if you want to be successful in podcasting, just don't quit, right. Just stay yeah. consistent and don't quit. That's the number one way. Uh, so I wish I could go back and, and, and do some of that, but you know, I think I have no regrets. Um, you know, it's, you learn from those lessons that you go through and, and it's made me a better person than I am today. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That's, that's great. Um, okay. Last question. And this is, you know, an entrepreneurial podcast about time, freedom, financial uh, freedom. Uh, what strategy do you have for yourself for creating that time, freedom, that financial freedom? Uh, any tips on that? Uh, time stamps. I mean, uh, really I use a calendar is what I, what I was trying to get that. Uh, so I'm, I'm big on my calendar. If it's not on my calendar, then I'll get distracted. I interviewed a guy named Craig Ballantyne on my show, and he talked about the perfect day formula. And he's really the guy who taught me to write down the night before I go to bed, what do I need to do first thing in the morning? And so for me as an entrepreneur, I'm sticking to my podcast, I mean, my schedule, everything is on my calendar from workouts mm-hmm. to prayer time, to eating breakfast, to eating lunch, everything is on there. And I, the entire day, if there's some gaps in there, I'm like, oh my gosh, I kind of start to freak out. I'm like, what do I need to do right there? Right. Like I need to make sure that that thing is filled and that's what helps me be efficient. And, you know, I think as an entrepreneur, you should have your calendar booked out with things to do, whether that's emailing clients, you know, don't get lost in the distraction, set it a time that you actually do that. And they don't need to be like heard back from me in four hours, right? Like it could be at the end of the day, you're emailing people, right? Unless it's an emergency, but like, get everything on your calendar. That's what helps me get structure my day. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then that creates those times. So you structure the times of freedom or recreation or rest or family time as well then. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So having that on my calendar, that allows me to get that time freedom at the end of the day. I coach baseball for my son here coming up soon. We got winter camp starting soon. And so it's like, if I don't have that on my calendar, then, mm-hmm. uh, then I'm not going to, uh, you know, do it right. But if I have it on my calendar, it gives me that freedom to go do coaching baseball and go do things with my family in the evening. Yeah. So it's really taking control of your time. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, totally. it's using the tool of a calendar to say, no one's going to control my time, but me. And, you know, I think yeah. that's the whole that's the whole value of entrepreneurship is, is, is we have the ability to do that. And so I love that. And I love the practical tip of just like, keep a calendar, mm-hmm. be a little bit organized with your time. Cause if you're not yeah. planning, you know, if you're not planning for yourself, then someone else is planning for you, how to use your time. Right. Sure. And so, yeah, yeah, for sure. So for man, sure. Eric, this has been awesome. I look forward to staying connected with you, learning and growing more from you. Um, you know, the one big way to just for our listeners that you can kind of get connected with Eric, the best way you can get connected with Eric is follow him on Instagram. I've personally been on his Instagram page and, you know, consumed a lot of his reels, watched a lot of the interviews from his podcast and things like that. And a lot of really good, valuable, you know, content, things that are going to help you grow on your entrepreneurial journey. So I highly recommend looking up uh, Eric Allen on Instagram. It's at Eric G Allen. That's Eric e-r-i-k-g allen a-l-l-e-n so yeah look him up Mm -hmm. on there and uh and follow him share some of his stuff help him Mm -hmm. grow and i know because i know he's going to pay it forward he's going to help you grow too so eric man thanks so much again for joining us on own the exit it's been a real pleasure any kind of closing thoughts anything that's burning on your mind you want to leave our listeners with Man, Caleb, Aaron, this is such an amazing show. I so appreciate me, you know, you have me on your show today, man. Love this. I love your show, dude. Just even being like on this end of the studio to watch the slick thing that you guys are doing, man, is is super cool, man. So just keep it up, man. You guys are amazing, man. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. All right, everybody. Yeah. If you like the episode, if you uh, Mm -hmm. would do us a favor and subscribe, like it, uh, Leave us a review and share it with a friend. So uh, that's all for On The Exit. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. All right. See you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of Own The Exit. Remember, it's your business and you can define your exit however you want. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps us reach more people just like you who are looking to own their exit.